tired. So tired. Overtired. Hey, you're listening to Overtired. This is Brett Terstra, and I'm here with Christina Warren. How are you, Christina? I'm good. My arm hurts, but I'm good. Why does your arm hurt, Christina? Because I got the shot. Hey, I did too. Hell yeah. Which one did you get? Uh, Pfizer. Same. I got a call. I, I was, I had, so on, what day is it today? Thursday. Today is, is Thursday, yeah. On Tuesday, uh, the clinic near me had a, uh, like a walk-in, like the state opened up to anyone 16 and over and they had a walk-in, they had 800 shots available, but I couldn't get there until like three hours after it opened and I made the assumption that they would be out by then. Right. I would have, I would have thought that too. I live in a town of like 30,000 people and it, it it turned out they weren't. And so the next day they had appointments, but I couldn't get an appointment. So I had like put my name on a waiting list. So last night I get a call at 7 PM that says, are you still interested? Yes. Can you make it here in under 20 minutes? Yes. It's two minutes away from me. So I drove right there and I got my shot. Hell yeah. That's awesome. We had like they okay, so they are they've announced that as of April 15th, everyone 16 and over in Washington state will be able to get the shot, but they opened up for way more people um, on the 31st. Uh, I still didn't qualify, but I volunteered at the um, mass vaccination center at uh, the Seahawks Stadium, Lumen Field. Yeah. And so I was able to get it after that, but Grant did qualify, so he was able to get his too. So not to get personal, but t- did he qualify for weight? Yeah. Yeah, me too. <laughs> it, like I got bumped up on the waiting list because I, I, I told, I said I was, I think I'm technically obese. Like that's actually a pretty low bar to get over these days. Um, right. But I just put down obesity and, and I got the call. So. Yeah. Yeah. So he had that and then like smoker, um, even though he like it's vaping, but still, and, um, yeah, high blood pressure. Like he had, he had a lot of things. Um, I am most definitely not obese. I'm no, you're not. I'm I'm 15 pounds below a BMI that would say normal. Yeah. So that's that's like more than 15 percent of my body weight. So, um, I I, I which honestly. You know, it's not listed on on one of like the the comorbidities. But I have to think that's got to be like not that much better for my body. No, I would think you would be even more susceptible to immune deficiencies. I I would agree with you 100%. I even like talked to a doctor about it and they were like, yeah, probably, but it's not on a list because they had the same thought. And I was like, well, that's kind of fucked. Did you hear Detroit put ADHD on the list? No, but good for them. Yeah, ADHD and autism and other mental illnesses uh, put made you eligible early on, like months ago. Yeah, it was it was unclear according to the CDC things. Like I like there are ways that I think that I I probably could have like without any guilt gotten a shot. I mean, real talk um, for the hosting stuff that I do for our events and whatnot. Like I did a thing on Monday actually where. You know, I was I went into a, a studio and I had, you know, hair and makeup and then I was, you know, shooting in front of a green screen for a few hours and whatnot. I'm like, that means like people like touching your face and you're around crew. And even though you're, you know, like following social distancing orders, like you still have that sort of thing. And yeah. like, obviously, that doesn't make me um, like an essential worker the same way that 
you know, actual frontline workers are. Sure, sure. But <laughs> if you know, I, like I'm not claiming that. But at the same time, it's like, okay, if these are things that are deemed business necessary, which they are, then I'm in a role that requires me to literally have people touching my face. You know, like I don't know. Um, so I probably didn't have to volunteer, but I just I did anyway, and it was it was easy. It was just data entry stuff, and so. Um, the the way that they have it here is, I mean, it seems like you were able to to find a place and you were able to kind of get an appointment much more easily than you were even expecting, which is great. Um, as every other state, you know, it seems to kind of be like a mixed bag about how good their rollout systems are. There are three um, like community driven, like civilian vac- like mass vaccination sites, which are run really well and that frankly, like in the, the city is promoting, but like these are civilian systems. This is not something that like, you know, the oh, the man. government would, like was like, yeah, let's do this, which is kind of sad to be totally frank, because th- that should be their job if, if we're being completely honest. Um, but they had like the, the system down, but they had, um, you know, places where you could sign up for appointments and they were good enough that they opened stuff up on Saturday, at least it might have been earlier, but I, I saw it on Saturday for people to get appointments who would qualify on the thirty first. And so um, the the frustrating thing was is that the official like Washington State like vaccination official like vaccination website didn't link to the correct page. And so the page that it linked to was like, oh, there are no appointments available. But on this unofficial page, covid dot com, it linked to the proper page where there were like 3,800 appointments available. So um, I tweeted and I, I contacted everybody that I knew who might possibly qualify. Our Franklin Fleischman was able to get in. Like I, I felt really good that I was like, I, I was getting direct messages and like thank yous from people who were like, I'm getting vaccinated earlier because I saw your tweet, which is so fucked, honestly. Like I really, really genuinely happy to help people with that. But the official website should link to the proper pages. Yeah, like well, this, this the, shouldn't be the a waiting thing list. You- the waiting list I eventually did get on. I found via someone DM'd me on Facebook, and like the official website had zero links to it at all. And uh, and it was like it was on the website, but they didn't update the main page or make it like any path to get to the waiting list. So it was all hush hush. Yeah, yeah, no, I mean, that that's like, I think the most frustrating thing is, and, and this has been the case with everything. I mean, I think that some of the places that are doing it better are the places that have much broader partnerships with the local, like not the local, but like the chain pharmacies. Sure. So New York and, and California have for weeks now have had partnerships with, um, with, with like Dwayne Reed, um, Walgreens and, um, and which is the same. And, uh, and I think CVS has had stuff too. And so that has made it easier for people, you know, because like there are those all over the place, but the, even, even those chains don't have the distribution in place in every major city or every state. So, you know, it's kind of various thing to thing, but I think that's, what's frustrating about this, but it does seem at least like supply is, is getting out there and that people are getting vaccinated and it's becoming more available. And at this point, um, with you, like now, like I would say it's probably 50, 50 with, people that I talk to like on a regular basis who are 
like we're within the same age range, you know, meaning we're like under 50 or whatever who've been who've been vaccinated. So that's exciting. Yeah. I discovered like so I, I've always gotten in trouble for saying stupid stuff in social situations. Um, often it comes out like mean, but I didn't. I never noticed until so after I got the shot last night, I had to sit in a room for 15 minutes to make sure there were no immediate side effects. And I was in a room with a bunch of other people sitting in chairs six feet apart. And uh, I'm I'm I can be social like for for half an hour at a time. I can be a very social person. I was having conversations. But when I got in my car and I closed the door and all was silent, I felt my whole body just relax like. I didn't realize what almost like a state of panic I'm generally in in social situations. And I think that qualifies as social anxiety. I've, it, it's no wonder I say stupid stuff, though. If you're constantly in a state of panic, you're, you're going to say dumb stuff. Yeah. How's your, uh, how, how are you feeling today? I'm feeling fine. My arm hurts a lot. Um, but that's about it. Mine's only slightly sore if I touch it. It doesn't hurt otherwise. And I'm a little bit, I'm a little bit, uh, like, tired, like, drained a little bit, but not, like, sick. Yeah, I'm not sure, like, I can't really tell if there are any other um, symptoms other than, like, my arm does hurt, like, a lot. Like, and it, it it's not just when I touch it, it's when I don't move it, when I do move it. Like, it's, it's sore. Yeah. Els um, was the same way. She got the Moderna, but her arm was like, I, I would keep forgetting and I'd reach over and tap, tap her arm and she'd be like, ah, no, not that arm. Yeah. Yeah. No, mine is, is like, it, it, I could tell that there was like a bruise. I mean, in fairness, I also have like no fat. So, you know, it's like one of those things that it's, it's hard to kind of know, you know, what's the, uh, the cause of it or whatever but um well intramuscular shots on their own can be uh can be pretty painful i know i've missed veins before i've I've done it accidentally it's it can be yeah it can be very painful yeah and i I definitely had like um intramuscular shots before whether it was like a flu vaccine or something else but usually it was something else where like it's been sore afterwards um i don't know if i can ever recall anything that's been like this sore but Again, I mean, I don't care. I mean, like, this could be the sort of thing that would, like, have me on my ass and having to take, like, a sick day and I would still be, like, best shot ever. You know what I mean? I was kind of hoping for a sick day, actually. (laughs) I mean, not that I have, like, a day job yet that's still still on the horizon for me, but uh, just a chance to be like, nope, can't even answer emails today because I'm knocked on my ass by this, this vaccine that you can't disagree with me getting. Well, you know what? We will cross our fingers for for shot two because that's the yeah, one that's right? apparently really bad. Totally. So, so fingers crossed for shot two. I might um, even have started at Oracle by the time I get shot two, and then I'll actually have something to be sick from. Plans. I have plans. Uh, you have plans. So, did you know that? Uh, what is it? Shoot, there's this mayonnaise company that has a different name on different sides of the Rockies. I think it's Heilman's. On my side and best foods on the other. Does that sound familiar at all? I mean, I, I know Hellman's. I didn't realize that it was something else. So I saw I, I, I might be getting I know one, the other one is best foods, but I can't remember what the like the one I know is. Uh, but I saw this commercial with Amy Schumer and uh, 
she, like, I saw the exact same commercial twice, except it was for different mayonnaise. Oh, okay, yeah. Okay, so it it, it, it is Hellman's and Best Foods. I had no idea that it, they are apparently, like, they have the same logo. Yeah, they're the same company. Everything. They just changed the name. Like, for a quarter of the, U- the U.S., it's called something else. It's so weird. That's bizarre. So, okay, so Best Foods was acquired by Unilever in 2000. Both brands previously sold in the U.S.-based Best Foods Corporation, which sold several other products in addition to Hellman's and Best Foods mayonnaise. Here's what's weird. If, if it's if it's east of the Rocky Mountains, then that would mean that uh, in— that, that was arbitrary. I just—I don't think they specifically said east of the Rocky Mountains. No, no. This is according to the Wikipedia page. Okay, okay. So, so you're correct. So the Hellman's brand is sold in the United States east of the Rocky Mountains. Okay, so that'd be where I grew up and where I've lived almost my whole life. But I live on the West Coast now. This just shows two things. One, how little I look at mayonnaise. <laughs> I literally don't. And two, like how little I go to the grocery store. Because I had I, I've lived here for four years and I've no clue that apparently and, and maybe it's not, I don't I don't know, but but I guess Hellman's is best foods here, which is freaking bizarre. But I, it's even more bizarre that Amy Schumer did two ads with like different, or maybe she just did one ad and they just did the different branding on the, well, on the yeah, other thing. No, it's, it's like the exact same ad. They just changed the name on the jar she's holding and the word she says just, just they just changed oh, the name. Oh, that's hilarious. That, that's hilarious to me that like she had to do like multiple takes right. with both things. Like that I would love to actually see outtakes of. Because I would, I I would love to like know like how frequently she like said the wrong thing with the with the you know what I mean, yeah. like you're holding the Hellman's and you say it's Hellman's, it's real mayonnaise, and they're like, Amy, that's the best foods thing. She's like motherfucker. Yeah, um, that was a weird diversion I just took us on. I know, mayonnaise. but I liked it actually. I didn't realize I liked mayonnaise my entire life. I didn't think I liked mayonnaise until. Uh, HelloFresh started sending me recipes that had, uh, like garlic mayonnaise in them and like, as like a dipping sauce for like French fries. And it turned out I actually kind of like mayonnaise and also grilling cheese. I didn't even know grilling cheese was a thing. And now people just send it to me in the mail. It's amazing. Um, yeah, I didn't realize it was either. Now I, I will say this. I did not know this. Um, uh, Grant told me that the grilled cheeses that he makes for me, he does do the thing where he puts like mayonnaise on the top or whatever, which I didn't know until he told me this, this was like a year ago and he does make a really good grilled cheese. So that apparently I have enjoyed having said that I don't like mayonnaise and it's weird because I like ranch dressing. Oh. I like Caesar dressing. And and I know that ranch is very similar to mayonnaise, but for whatever reason, I like ranch. I like eggs. I, I but I don't know what it is. I don't like mayonnaise. I don't like the I just it's not one of those things that I enjoy at all. Um I don't, I don't like sour cream. That's my thing. Oh, I love sour cream. I know. I love I love sour cream. Um I like cottage cheese. I do like I cottage like, cheese. Do you like, like do you like the small curd or the large curd cottage cheese? Probably small more, but I mean I'll I'll eat it. I like cottage cheese, period. Have you ever had cottage cheese with canned peaches on it? Oh yeah. Oh, that's so good. That's fantastic. Also with uh cantaloupe. Mm, yeah. Cantaloupe, cantaloupe doesn't work in most things for me, but it's good with cottage cheese. It's good with cottage cheese. I also uh pineapple is is a classic. Ooh, that seems a little little citrusy for the uh for the curdled milk. It is, but it's really nice. Uh, I'll I'll take your word for it. I might even try it someday, but 
We'll see. Yeah, I am. I, I, uh, I'm, I'm a fan. Um, but yeah, it's weird. Like I should, I should like, in theory, I should like mayonnaise, but I don't. Although, like I said, I've had it in, I've had it like when it's snuck into things, I guess if it's been used, like if it's been used in a grilled cheese, cause it's on like the outside, you know, it's used as like the butter substitute or whatever. And, and that's fine. Um, I was really high once and I ate something that had mayonnaise in it and I didn't even care cause I was so stoned. Um, but that's, I think the last time that I can remember like willingly eating mayonnaise and not being bothered by it. All right. I, uh, so I, I think I mentioned on a previous episode that my, I had, I had broken a key on my, my beta UHK ultimate yes. hacking keyboard. And so I had lost the right, uh, square bracket key. And yeah, I remember talking about it cause I talked about how that's how I shift tabs. And, uh, it was, it, it, it was weird because when I'm coding, most of my IDEs, if I type the left bracket, it automatically pairs with the right bracket and I don't actually have to type a right bracket. So I didn't miss it right away. But anyway, um, I took it apart and I sent a picture of the uh, backside of the, the board and it was clear that it had lost a connection between the board and the switch. And he's like, yeah, you'll just have to solder that. And it, when you're done, it, it, the key, the switch won't be hot swappable anymore, uh, but just solder a wire in there. But then as I was taking the keyboard fully apart to do this, the little like tab that goes over the post just fell out and it's like a couple millimeters long and I'm so happy I saw it because I was able to get a pair of tweezers and put that back onto the post and tack it on and I I believe my switches are all still hot swappable and I fixed it with the help nice. of my father my dad my dad had all the soldering tools so it was with my dad I that's awesome that's great I'm less scared of soldering keyboards now. Still, like the amount of time it took me to manipulate that piece, like I didn't have a magnifying glass and we were using Swiss Army tweezers because I forgot to bring my like iFixit tweezers with me. Right. And uh, so like with those like chunky Swiss Army tweezers and no magnifying glass and both my dad and I have pretty shaky hands. So it was like a 15 minute job to get that one terminal on there. And I can't imagine doing an entire keyboard of that. I would die. Yeah. No, that would have been bad for you. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, I can solder now. <laughs> he says after tacking one term. He says after, after, after making his dad do it for him. <laughs> he, I helped. Well, it's not like I've never soldered before. I, I, I know how to solder. but No, I understand. I mean, yeah, I, I haven't soldered and it's been a really long time. Actually, no, it's been like a year, um, but that was, but that was, uh, that was for like an unrelated, like it was for a stupid kind of thing or whatever. Cause you were high. Time, you were so stoned. No, you, you were like, let's solder or something. No, no. My friend Julie had like a kit and we were, what were we trying to do? Oh, we went to Goodwill and we found this bizarre thing from the fifties. It was a real thing. It was a coffee maker that would plug in to your car's like um a <laughs> cigarette lighter, lighter and it was like a coffee maker wow 
Like a which, percolator? Like a percolator, yeah, which, you know, <laughs> seems like the most unsafe, ridiculously dumb thing ever. And in fact, when I saw the box, I was like, and it was like $2 or something. I was like, I'm buying this because this just looks ridiculous. You have to at that point. And we wanted to get it to work. And it was one of those things where we were like, okay, well, we need to we need to find like a a, a cable, you know, that um, had the right like, um, like, like voltage that, or whatever that yeah. was just like a regular, um, you know, plug in the wall thing because we wanted to be able to use it. And so that required, you know, cutting the cable and then soldering sure. the, the the new plug on. And so that was the last time I soldered anything. Have you ever seen the shrink wrap? They're like, you can take two braided wires and then put this like shrink wrap thing and you put you put the two ends of the wire into it and then you just heat it up and it binds them together like stronger than the actual original like if the wire were continuous it's actually stronger than just the copper alone i huh. it's super handy if you ever need to for, for exactly that kind of thing if you want to put a different kind of plug on something or change a usb cable out yeah i'll i'll find a link it'll be in the show notes for anyone who has such a need who should oh hello fresh should sponsor us i could talk about them a lot yeah, yeah, they they should totally totally uh, sponsor us. You know who is um, sponsoring us though? Who's that? Is it time for an ad read? I think it is actually. Yeah, we're like twenty minutes in. Yeah. Damn, time flies. This episode is sponsored by Nebia, the creators of the Nebia by Moen Spa Shower. Backed by some of the biggest names in Silicon Valley, including Tim Cook, it's designed by former Tesla, NASA, and Apple engineers who spent years researching and developing a superior shower experience that also saves water. The Nebbia by Moen Spa Shower is Nebbia's most advanced shower yet, with twice the coverage and half the water usage of the competition. And despite using 45% less water, its spray is 81% more powerful than other showers, and its atomized droplets rinse shampoo and conditioner out of even the thickest hair. Uh, neither Christina nor I have thick hair, but Christina actually has hair. And, mm-hmm, and I do. You, you would say this shower works. It does. It works really well. Uh, I will say I did recently cut like six inches at least off my hair, but my hair is still very long. <laughs> Which is just goes to show you how long it had been since I'd had a haircut. Um, no, but the shower works great, and it does work great if you have hair and long hair. That and and until literally like less than a week ago, my hair was past my boobs and was very very long, and there was a lot of it, and uh, it totally 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 was great. So with easy self-installation, Nebbia by Moen can be installed in 15 minutes or less without the need for contractors, plumbers, or broken tile. If you can change a light bulb, you can install the Nebbia by Moen. It's seriously easy. I installed mine in uh, like 10 minutes, and I didn't need a single tool that wasn't included in the box. It was pretty pretty easy for you too, right, Christina? Yeah, it was totally easy. And and I have to say, like, it had been way longer since I tried to do anything, you know, with like wrenches or, or installing like anything like related to plumbing um, way longer than, than last time I'd soldered. So I was a little bit concerned, even though like you told me and everybody told me, it was like, oh, it's going to be easy to do. I was like, yeah, I don't know. I needed a little bit of help just because of my height. But other than that, I was able to actually do the whole thing and I actually made it a point to do the whole thing. And um, it was really simple to install. So, yeah, they can't fit a ladder in the box. 
no, they can't fit a ladder in the box, but um, it was one of those things that honestly I could have had like a step stool in the bathtub and I would have been fine. But uh, I did like it, you know, invoke someone taller than me uh, to help me um, place things. But yeah, no, it was really easy to install. So the Nebbia by Moen Spa Shower starts at one ninety nine. And we have a deal for overtired listeners. The first 100 people to use the code overtired at nebia.com will get 15% off of all Nebia products. It's rare that Nebia offers deals like this, so don't wait. Go to nebia.com slash overtired. That's N-E-B-I-A dot com slash overtired and check out what they have to offer. And the first 100 people to use the code overtired when checking out will save 15% on all Nebia products. So again, that's nebia.com slash overtired and use that code overtired to save 15%. Thanks to Nebia. Yeah. So what do you want to talk about? We have, we have like multiple directions we could go right now. Okay. So I want to do a quick rant because we're recording this on April fool's day. Oh. And I feel I both, it's both the rant, which our listeners have said that, that they appreciate. And it's also like uh, an apology. So I feel like personally somewhat responsible for aiding in the culture that unfortunately still permeates after more than a decade where brands do stupid social media, April fools campaigns to break the internet. Yeah. And I, I feel partially responsible. Like I'm not entirely responsible, but Mashable is definitely largely responsible. And since I was at Mashable for such a long time and definitely there at like the height of its Mashableness, I feel really bad. And uh, I don't know. I, I'm seeing stupid stuff all over my Twitter feed and I'm glad that A, I don't have to care about it, but B, I'm like, oh my God, what did I do? First. It was. This is the thing. Like, like, like four, thir- 13, 14 years ago, like when you and I were first blogging together, like, and Twitter was small, it was fun. And then brands do what brands always do, which is ruin things and make it worse. Yeah. Well, it's the kind of thing that after you get fooled a couple times, it's it's old hat. You're just like, yeah, it's April Fool's Day. Don't believe anything. And, uh, and, and then it's almost annoying when people even try. I feel like we yeah. hit that point a good 10 years ago. I, it's probably six or seven, but yeah. I mean, because I can, I'm trying to remember, there were some still some good ones that you would see occasionally. Um, I will say to my everlasting regret, there was one April Fool's prank, because Mashable would always do one ourselves. Like one year, Conan O'Brien claimed that he bought it, bought bought the site or whatever, and and we would do other sorts of things. And I don't think the Conan one actually worked very well, to be honest, but it, he was a you know celebrity and wanted to be part of it and fine. Um, but we did a thing with Shaq one year and I was like one part of the team that was, you know, they were like the, the, the branded team, like the marketing team was like coming up with pitches for what they could do. And they enlisted me, even though I wasn't on that team because they thought I was creative and had good ideas and whatnot. And I was like, okay, well, the only thing you can do is you need to say that we're, you're going to bring back Shaq Fu, the, the classic, terrible, um, Sega Genesis and Super Nintendo fighting game from the 1990s. Like it's, it's known as like one of the worst games of all time. And it's like this weird fighting game slash like side scroller. It's just, it's really bad. And, um, this was like 2012 and I was like, bring back Shaq food. Like that's, that's the pitch. And unfortunately I didn't do a good enough job selling how good that would have been because it would have 
been one of like it would have dominated that year. Like it would have been the thing that everyone talked about, like without a doubt, um, because the other the, the people involved like were either a little bit too young or a little bit too old and like just didn't get the gravity of how great that would have been. Fast forward like six years after that, they actually did revive Shaq Fu and it broke the internet and it was a huge success. And that was not related to an April Fool's Day thing. But that is one of those things that like to this day, it haunts me that I could have done some good in the world. (laughs) And instead I like perpetuated really bad shit. And when I could have like, it would have been genuinely a really hilarious thing to, you know, troll and be like Shaq Fu is coming back. Well, on behalf of the internet, I forgive you. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, but yeah. So, uh, Apple. That's my rant. Yeah. Thanks. Thanks for the rant. Thanks everyone for tuning in. That this has been Christina's corner. Um, we actually we started with a pretty good health corner too. Um, yeah, we did. So Apple is uh, no no longer as of the next OS anyway, and out in the beta right now, they are no longer defaulting to a female Siri. Yes, cool. This has been a topic of disc, disc, of conversation. How all of the assistants default to female voices, right? Well, and and I, I should note that in some countries, like for instance, in the United Kingdom, and I think in some other areas too, for years now, the default voice has been masculine. Uh, but this is going to be different for North America, for for the United States, and it will be on new devices you set up. So, for instance, if you set something up, like if you upgrade an existing phone, or I guess if you buy a phone and like bring over all your settings or whatever, then like the classic, you know, female Siri, if that's how you have it set up, will still be that way. But if you're setting up a, a new device in North America, it's no longer going to default to a female voice, which is pretty cool. Yeah, and it has new voices too, right? There are new voices too, and. Uh, I actually think John Gruber put this best because I'm trying to think about how I can phrase this without it being the voices are diverse. And so if you can hear it, you hear it. If you don't, you won't notice anything, but the voices are diverse and which I think is great. They also sound even better than, um, like the, the male and, and, and female, like classic Siri voices that have been around for a while. Like they, they, they sound even more realistic in my opinion. Nice. Yeah, and they also added, uh, what are the TTS natural voices for, what is it, Russia? There there were three countries that they're finally upgrading to use more natural language uh, voice, but now I've lost it. So, anyway, forget I said anything. Forget I started to say anything. No, but it's cool. I mean, I, th- I think, though, that it is – It's uh, well, what opens this up, I think, and people are kind of talking about this, is potentially to go into a place – like, that's certainly not in that space yet, but it certainly could go to a place – like, I believe, A, the way the voices are labeled is just voice one, two, three, four, rather than male, female, which is a good step, because that could potentially move us to a place where you have, like, you know, not – like, gender-neutral voices, which I, th- I, th- I think is – even better. Yeah. Um, there was some talk about uh, offering more n- neutral voices all the way around. Yeah, which I think would be good. Uh, what's always been weird to me, like I understand why the initial impetus, and, and I say this as somebody who was using Siri actually before Apple bought it. So it was a startup called Siri that was a spinoff of SRI, which was originally incubated within DARPA. And um, uh the company, you know, what they were doing with it, they had all these grand plans and and a lot of it 
still this day never really found its way, uh, you know, into kind of reality. Like they had an API and stuff like way, way years before, you know, Apple had anything like that and, and worked with a lot of third parties and whatnot. But, um, well, it was always interesting, you know, and, but I remember talking to those founders and, and then the reason I remember this is because they sent me like an iPod touch in like 2010 and like it had, uh, you know, because before um, test flight or any of that stuff existed. So the only way that you could have like beta versions of apps would be like if you sideloaded it onto a device. So like they actually mailed me like an iPod touch. And I remember talking with the founders and like they very much had wanted it to be conversational and to feel like it was a good experience. And I don't remember um, if there was a voice to it or if it was just something that you kind of like spoke to and interacted with. It had the human language component, but I don't remember if it had a voice on it or not. I honestly can't remember. But the 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 whole idea was always for it to feel human. And Apple very clearly wanted it to feel like a real person. And so I get why the voices were so realistic. But I'm not sure. I mean, at this point, like, and I think that was the idea behind you know, Alexa and the other assistants too, is to like make people comfortable talking to things. And so you don't want it to sound robotic. But now that we're more than a decade into this, I'm kind of like, could we just have kind of a robotic voice? I would kind of be down for that, to be totally honest. I don't know how you feel. I, I always went, you, do, you, do you know the voice Zarvox? On, and no. like when on Apple, on, on a Mac. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. When, when you use the say command, Yes. Like it always used to have a voice called Zarbox. Now you have to go into settings and download the voice. But that's the voice I always choose. It sounds like uh, an evil robot whispering loudly. It's it's a great it's the perfect anytime I want my computer to like announce that it's like finished compiling something. I have Zarbox go finished compiling. It's it's perfect. I, I would love it if Siri had the had Zarbox voice. Yeah, I agree. So that 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 that's that's to me, um, kind of like would be a way to address a lot of this stuff. Like, I get why we needed the human voices a decade ago because you needed to make people comfortable. But now people are comfortable talking to their devices. So could we make it kitschy and like take the human element away from it? I don't know. Just a thought. So have you have you ever used Descript? I don't think so. Um. So it's this. It's this app that you, you load your multiple tracks into it and it transcribes them. And then you can select text in the transcription, edit it, and it'll edit the audio. So you can. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I haven't used it, but I, you've told me about it. Other people have told me about it. And it's it amazing. Really cool. And it has this feature called Overdub where you can train a voice. You read to it for 30 to 60 minutes and it learns all of your inflections, all of your pauses, all of your tonality and then it creates an overdub voice for you and then you can just type into the transcript and it will make it sound like you said the words you've typed and i have actually used it on this podcast uh if i need to edit in a sponsor read instead of going in and like recording new audio i just edit out the i delete the part that needs fixing type in the new words and it almost always sounds perfectly natural makes me think I would love it if Siri had like my voice or or Elle's voice. That would yeah. be super cool. No, I agree with you. That would be pretty awesome. I, I would also, I mean, this is just me. I, I would like Roger Ebert's voice. Um, that would be awesome if celebrities could train their own overdubs and you could just totally. choose your favorite. 
<laughs> Samuel L. Jackson would be good too. The reason I said Roger Ebert is because, you know, he lost his voice before he died of cancer. He'd had, um, you know, uh, throat cancer and he'd lost his ability to use his voice. And so early on, this was way before, you know, how good the technology is now. Like it was a very expensive and long process where they did, you know, a, a version of what you can now do in, you know, in a web app. Um, where like somebody digitized his audio commentaries and his TV episodes and other stuff and like built a voice for him so that he could use speech to text software and it would, it would speak in his own voice. And like he was on Oprah showing it off and, you know, it was really, it was really cool. Um, so as kind of a nod to that, I would like Roger Ebert to be my virtual assistant voice. But yeah, I agree with you. I think that make it, let celebrities sell their voices, right? Like honestly, like, that that could even be a licensing scheme. Like there have been things. I think that it's Samsung's um, Bixby or whatever. Yeah. Uh, I think it might have even had a thing, or or maybe it was Google. I don't remember. But like there were things. I think where they did license certain voices from people for brief periods of time. Um, but yeah, like make that a permanent thing, or or find a way where people can upload their own or customize their own. Because yeah, an app store for voices. Yeah, you could go on and pay fourteen ninety nine to have you know who would who would I have? I would have Leonard Cohen. Oh, that would be good. I mean, I would obviously have Taylor Swift, but um, you know, obviously. hey guys, it's Taylor. No, I, I would clearly have that. Uh, Leonard Cohen would be a really good one, actually. Yeah. Too bad he's not around to record an overdub voice anymore. I know Peter Stegall, maybe. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, uh, what's his name? Uh, from Boston Legal. Uh, no, was it? But no. William yeah. Shatner. No, the other one. James Spader. Yes. Oh, James Spader would be a gr- oh my god. James Spader would be an amazing voice. Well, yeah, because you know he because the the I mean it wasn't just voice work, but largely voice work that he did in the Avengers films. Yeah, totally. Yeah. 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 He's great. We're uh, we just got we're rewatching all of The Office right now. And we just got to huh? the Robert Qu- California yes. part, which was so so weird. Like that was such a weird era of oh, the show. Yeah. Like it didn't really work, but I also am glad that that he was there. The, like the episode where he has the party in his house that yes. he's about to sell, and he's walking around talking about carnal desires and mm-hmm. B- Bacchus, and everyone's drinking wine and. And then he jumps into the pool naked. That is, for me, like, that is the pinnacle of this season that yes. we're on. No, I agree. I think I think that one, there was also, I think, like, the the one when they go to Florida, um, there, was, there was some stuff there that was really good. But, yeah, I, I would agree with that. Because the thing didn't really work. He, like, was there for a year. It was a good experiment. But the subversiveness and the weirdness that he brought to that show – like I very much appreciated how weird it was then. Like it didn't really fit. Right. But it was one of those things where I was like, you know what? I appreciate how weird James Spader is and how weird he played that role. Also, from what I understand, um, I listened to the office ladies podcast and they haven't gotten to those episodes yet. So I'm looking forward to them talking about it. But from what I've read in like the office oral history and some other stuff, like James Spader didn't really interact with the cast. He wasn't really part of any of that stuff. He was just kind of came in and did his thing, which makes me love it even more sure, because yeah. I felt like, like, I don't think he's a very method actor, but, but he definitely totally, method. Think, uh, totally is. But I'm saying, I don't think in general he is. Yeah. 
But I think he totally went method on that, which is great. Um, yeah, I, I loved him on Boston Legal. He uh, so one of my my favorite shows in the '90s was The Practice, and that was like one of the David E. Kelly like lawyer dramas, and he had like five of them on TV at the same time. Yeah, and uh, he had like Ally McBeal on on one network and and The Practice on another network, and like he famously was able to have the shows crossover, even though they were on different networks, um, which you know is not common. Um, he also won the Emmy one year for both of those shows, like a drama and comedy. But, um, the last season that that show was on the air, the budget got cut to hell and they fired everybody who made a lot of money. So Dermot Mulroney, um, uh, no, Dylan McDermott, I always get confused. Dylan McDermott, like fired, Laura Flynn Boyle fired, like, uh, the, the girl who who played, um, Dylan McDermott's wife fired, like half the cat, like more than half the cast and gone. And then they bring in James Spader and some other, like, very pretty girl who, like, had, I don't think had done anything before. And James Spader just has a blast. And and, and this was the character that he did in, in Boston Legal. And, um, and, and he just basically runs amok of the whole thing. And that season of television is one of my favorite things to watch because – you see the surviving cast members who like weren't laid off, who, you know, has to be difficult when like you're still stuck in this contract. This is not the same job that you signed up for. The glory days of the Emmy wins and like being like one of like the top shows on TV are long gone, but you're still on this show. And then in comes, you know, James Spader, who up to this point was had mostly been was mostly doing like indie films or whatever. You know, he did like Sex Lies and Videotape famously and um, what was the was the movie about the the, the car secretary. sex? The secretary, yeah, yeah. This was this was right around the time. Actually, I think the secretary came out, and um, and what what, what was the uh, Cronenberg uh, car sex film? I can't oh, remember the name crash. of it. Oh, crash. Yeah, there crash. There we go. Was he the, in the, crash? The huh. I don't remember that. Now I have to go watch Crash again. It's a good film. So so he's you know he he would kind of gone in that direction, right? And and then he just comes and he's Alan Shore and he just has a blast and he just his character is just giddy with excitement. And the rest of the actors just don't know what to do with him. And he just has such a good time that he winds up like getting his own spinoff. And, you know, like they introduced uh, William Shatner's character in the last uh, couple of episodes. And then he got his own spinoff that then ran for like another five or six years. It's kind of amazing. Yeah. Um, so that was like a random rant. But if, if you ever really want to watch really, because it's always interesting to watch TV shows, like you're rewatching The Office right now. And, you're now in that era where like the office is struggling. Like there are moments, but it is having like a hard time finding itself after Steve Carell left. Right. Like it is not like at, it's not peak office at all. Like the glory days are behind it. I think they, they're managed to get some stuff back, especially in some of the final episodes of the final season, but like it is definitely on the downturn. Um, and that's always interesting to watch, you know, when shows go through that kind of slump and whatnot. But what was so interesting about this was that the show got better it just became a completely different show so much to the point that like it did become a different show like it got its own spinoff and and that was just such a bizarre and weird thing to watch and and uh this happened i think like my my freshman or sophomore year of college and we were just like watching it and and maybe this is why it sticks with me because i was starting to study film and television from like a much more academic perspective and it was one of those things where i was just like yeah this is really not common, but amazing to like 
pick up on and to see just the insanity that is ensuing with this right now. So if anybody wants ever wants anything fun, it's on Hulu. So if you ever want to like something like interesting to watch, it's just to see a complete tonal shift of a show and an actor just completely like railroad over everyone else in the cast and just completely make it his own. Like it's kind of great. Are we still talking about the practice? I'm done. Yeah. No, I'm I was just about, like, I, I wasn't sure if you were talking about a different show that, no, that no, but the practice. I was talking about, no, just watch the final season of The Practice to see James Spader just completely like run over the whole cast and change the show completely. He's never been Me Too'd, has he? To my knowledge, no. Uh, can He plays, like, when he plays creepy, he plays yeah, he, creepy. So if he were Me Too'd, yeah. I would, no one be surprised. I would shudder to think that anyone in real life had had to go through creepy James Spader. Yeah, I'm looking this up right now. Mackie Gyllenhaal claims that he was dismissive of her on, in Secretary. That's not the same thing. No, that's not. At all. So, frankly, also, like, Maggie Gyllenhaal, that film made your career. But, sorry, but it did. Like, that's the only good movie she's ever been in. So... No, not true. I just saw her in... Oh, she was playing a baker. What movie was that? Damn it. It was pretty good. Oh, no, it was stupid. It was a stupid movie. Will Ferrell, the uh, Stranger Than Fiction. Okay. I liked her in that movie. All right. And and honestly, okay. And I, actually, that's kind of shitty of me to say. Just because the film made your career doesn't mean you should have to put up with, like, abuse or whatever. Well, sure. Not, but so so that, that I, I want to clarify that. But whatever her claims about him were, were definitely not of the mutual variety. You're more of the, like... I didn't like that he was OCD and made me feel dis- like was dismissive of me on set. Yeah. Bitch, please. Like, honestly, he was the star, not you. So, yeah, I don't know. Uh, if if being an asshole were grounds for firing, we would lose a lot of top build actors. I use actor as a as a unisex term. It's all of all of the acting people. Um, yeah. No, you're right. We We would. So, yeah, good call. So in our Discord, there's some some weird stuff pops up now and then. Uh, I recently was enamored with Casey Nightfang's uh, coffee setup. Did you did you look at that? I did, and it is intense. Yeah, it's uh, it's a how do you describe it? A vacuum extracted cold brew Turkish coffee setup. He's making it with something called Death Wish Odin Force, and he's doing a triple brew on it. So it's like a a, a week long probably process with all these vacuum tubes and beakers, and it's crazy. It reminds me of Black Blood it of is the nuts. Earth. Yeah, yeah, I was gonna say. I was like, I look at this and I'm like, this looks like a science experiment. Like, it's, he's got like sous vide stuff. Like, it's like I don't know what he's. I mean, it's it's very impressive. Yeah, I. Uh, I, I want to try it. I told him he should sell this stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, yeah, we'll, we'll see. We'll see if I ever get my hands on it. I used to buy Black Blood of the Earth. Um, I can't remember the guy's name right now. Uh, he was on my podcast and I can't remember his name, but he did something similar and would sell this stuff by the, by the flask. And uh, it was first, I first tried it at Macworld. Uh, do you remember the monk? Yes. Um, he's a father now, but he was Brother Gabriel at the time. And uh, and he would walk around with 
a, a bottle of black blood of the earth and he let me try it and it was so caffeinated like it is the stiffest coffee you'll ever drink um which is casey night fang's goal is to increase caffeine while decreasing he's trying to replace energy drinks and the thing with energy drinks is they work because you're mixing caffeine with carbonation and sugar it's the same reason a vodka red bull works Caffeine, uh, the sugar and the car- carbonation increase the absorption into the bloodstream. So to replace energy drinks, you need something highly caffeinated. And I, I, I think it looks like he's going to do it. Yeah. Yeah. I, uh, I think you're right. No. And I'm looking at this. I'm just, I'm so impressed, like using lab equipment to brew coffee. <laughs> I don't have the patience for this. Yeah, me either. I, I, I don't like to wait more than five minutes for my coffee, except in the case of Turkish coffee, I'll wait 10 minutes. Yeah. So for me, it's not the waiting thing. Like that's fine. It's the setup. It's the cleanup. It's the whole thing. Like there would be too many moving parts that I'd be like, fuck this now I'm done. Well, also the part, one of the things I like about coffee, no matter which process I'm using is I like the kind of ritual of, yes. of the process and I like to do it per cup. And it's not really a ritual. If you set it up at the beginning of the week and then you're just drinking it out of the fridge. No, you're right. Uh, right. See, you're right. Like, I, I don't enjoy that ritual. So, like, for me, I wouldn't do that. But for you, I could see how this would be something that would, even for you who loves the ritual, if it was, say, maybe especially for you who loves the ritual, like, this would be, you would need to really love this particular ritual of this process to do it. Yeah. Anyway. because it's a lot. But I'm very impressed. Like, productize this, sell this, like, for real. Because if people, people, like, like... He 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 should totally productize and sell this because people get crazy about their 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 coffee. So, Casey Nightfang, like, make I I don't know. Like, we'll help you. We'll help you build a, a splashy website. We'll even just, write a jingle for you. Yeah. Oh my god. We'll help you. I just realized. I don't mean to take you out of the moment. No. But Zarvox is at the beginning of this show when it goes tired. So tired. That's that Zarbox. Oh my god! Holy shit! Yeah, wow. I love him so much. I made him part of our our donut. I love that. No, and, and I, I definitely have heard the Zarbox voice. Yeah, I, that's so good. No, we we can make him, but yeah, we help him with the website jingle. But I'm I'm serious. Like this could be one of those things where you just like find like a a mass supplier, a place to like drop shit, like drop ship lab equipment and then you don't even have to like carry the inventory like casey knifing like you you could do this just come up with some sort of name like bulletproof coffee but you know not that but, but not something that. like that yeah well that's a real thing whatever death wish odin force is it i assume that's our like a brand of coffee but that seems like a a great kind of uh uh right vibe. a bar set for naming it yeah, I would agree with that. I mean, he he could also just call it like overtired coffee, but oh, um, oh, I would I would offer our branding for that. I would too. This is what I'm saying. Like, I it would it would work, and and it also like our our album art like has coffee beans, so the whole thing works. Oh man, with with on the bottle it would say "Get some sleep, Christina," and then on the back it would say "Get some sleep, Brett." Yes, see, and then it would say no because this is coffee that will kill you. This is exactly. a heart attack waiting to happen. Yeah, we we really haven't taken advantage of all the money we could make on uh, selling our branding rights. 
We haven't, and this is a problem. So Casey and I think um, you could get in on the ground floor. No, but also seriously, this that, that looks amazing, and I'm very happy that uh, you shared that with us. Have you ever used ASDF? No. So you've used like uh, PyEnv or RBEnv or RVM like version yeah. managers. Yes, I, I did actually just add this to my to my GitHub stars though, but I have not used ASDF. I wanted you to talk about it. Yeah. So it it's basically a uh, it, it strives to be an all-purpose environment uh, like version manager. So with uh, something like RVM, you can you can have like four different versions of Ruby installed or with right, Python. Right, yeah, 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 because yeah. I, I use MVM all the time. Yeah, and then yeah. like per project, you it's, it's like little containers and you can have yep. different environments per project. Uh, ASDF combines all of the version management. So you have... Uh, Python and Node and Ruby and even like utilities like FZF. If you need to use multiple versions of certain utilities, they have plugins. And because it's all plugin based, you can add basically version management for anything. I oh have God, I, love this. I have switched over to it. I miss some things about RVM. Um, like RVM had a use command where I could type RVM use. 3.0.0, mm -hmm. and I could temporarily use Ruby. Uh, right. You have to actually, if you type uh, ASDF local Ruby 3.0, it will actually write 3.0 to your dot file in the current folder. And then you'll be using it, but to change it back, you have to run local again. And I, I j that's just a minor inconvenience. So overall, uh, I have had great luck with ASDF. Okay, I'm gonna try this because yeah, I've used PyEnv and I've used uh, NVM and I don't I don't really do anything in Ruby, but when I have before, I, I've used you know RBNv um, too. So no, I love this because this does actually solve the problem, which is having to deal with a bunch of different version managers. Like like Node, for instance, is is a classic one. Like the best oh. way to install Node, to be totally honest, is to install NVM because otherwise it gets too complicated. And but then but then there's like Nodus. Like there there are competing forms of node version management and whatnot. Well, I, um, I, I, I use NVM. But prior yeah. prior to ASDF, I was just using Brew Link and I would uh, install yeah, like specific versions of Brew, uh, node through brew and then just brew link node at 10 node at 11 right it was yeah. not elegant though no that's not elegant and, and that's not even officially supported by node like node is pretty clear like they don't want you using homebrew and and mvm is actually very clear that you do not use homebrew with mvm like you need to install that from from you know from their own like curl or or, or w get or whatever um but uh I, I don't know is is ASDF is that on Homebrew or is it a similar thing where you need to like install it directly from its from its I repo, think I which got is it fine. Homebrew, brew search ASDF. Um, I, this is dead air. While we wait for brew search to work, it, this is the longest it's ever taken. It knows I'm recording. Yes, it's on brew. Okay. Okay. Cool. But yeah, no, that's uh, that's awesome. So yeah, because I saw that you added that, I added that to my stars. Which actually, on that note, at overtiredpod.com, my stars are now available. Yeah, you're welcome. Uh, thank you, thank you, thank you. We talked about it like ages ago. How Christina mm -hmm. has great GitHub stars, and uh, and I thought, wouldn't it be fun to uh, bring them in, have a list of Christina's current stars on our site? 
I'm not sure it's properly updating because it still says tweet shot was your most recent star. Oh, that is not that is not accurate. So I need to go in and figure out if it's caching these too hard. Um, in fact, it that's probably exactly what it's doing is caching them. But um, yeah, so if you ever want to know what's cool in the GitHub world, OvertiredPod.com can be your central hub for for the latest and greatest curated by our own Christina Warren. Indeed, indeed. Um, and and TweetShot is cool. It's not exactly what I wanted it to do, but it comes close enough. There was like a web app that somebody had built that was really perfect. So occasionally what happens is I, I need to take screenshots of tweets, but I really want it in a 16 by 9 format where the, the tweet is, is captured well and then is put on top of like a, a nice looking background. And then I can use it um, basically as like a screen for um, like a when I'm doing like a news update thing. Like this is basically for my show that I do this week on channel nine. Um, Twitter, something with Twitter changed and the person who wrote the web app hasn't updated it and it doesn't work. And unfortunately he never put it on GitHub. So I knew he was using Selenium and he was doing some other stuff, but he never put what he was doing on GitHub. And I'd reached out to him like when I first discovered the project to thank him for it and to ask, Hey, do you have the source or whatever? Never responded. And so there are a number of different like tweet libraries that'll create capture stuff, but none of them do exactly what I want. So I'm probably gonna have to build something. But um, but TweetShot is actually kind of cool because it's a it, it it's a Mac app that you basically, you know, um, can build like it, it's a node Mac app and basically you enter in a URL and it'll do a pretty good job of taking like, you know, um, a screenshot um, from Twitter in darker light mode and and saving that file. So nice. That's what that is. I'm gonna have to go in. I like I wrote this as, or I actually I ripped off another plugin and hacked it to show your stars. Now I have to figure out why it's not updating. Why did it work once and then stop? That's the question. I'll figure it out. I always figure it out. It's what I do. Um. All right. Well, I feel like that was that was an appropriately ADHD uh, post vaccination episode of Overtired. Not like. Not like classic crazy overtired, but it it'll work. It'll do. It'll do. And we're we like we got our first shot. So if hopefully you out there are close to getting a shot and uh congrats and and fingers crossed for everybody wherever you are in the world that, you know, this is all starting to this is all all feeling like it's coming to an end finally. I'm finally I'm I am so close now to getting back to my normal of making out with strangers in crowded nightclubs. Hell yeah, me too. Totally. All right, well get some get some sleep, Christina. Get some sleep, Brett. The system is going down low. <laughs>